All right, so um, I want to welcome everyone to Warrior Women in Business episode 20 in 2020. And oh my God, what a crazy year. So, um, so hopefully this episode, which is extremely important, um, will help to bring more women together, will help women to understand what they can do to protect themselves, protect their families, protect each other. I'm sitting here in New York, not in my normal studio, <laughs> completely displaced. But uh, it is a very, very important that we stick together through these tough times. And um, for those of you that don't know anything about Warrior Women in Business and don't know anything about me, I just wanted to give a quick brief on who I am and what Warrior Women in Business is all about. So my name is Jasmine Sandler. I've been in digital marketing for close to 20 years now. Um, most of my work is helping women, uh, female startups, women's groups at corpor corporate, uh, women's member associations, really helping them. My, my mission is to help them build their brand, get out there, be something great, whether you want to be a leader or you want to be on a team. Um, that's kind of what I'm here for. I have a small agency here in New York. And uh, Warrior Women in Business is fairly young as an entity, as a business. It's only about uh, two years old. Uh, my business is 14 years old. And the reason that I started Warrior Women in Business is as a speaker, on social branding, I saw that my audience started to skew women. And I saw like, hey, you know what? There's more women that wanna be entrepreneurs, that wanna be leaders. So I took the lead and I started this podcast, which is now an entire event series. Unfortunately, <laughs> right now it's virtual, um, but you know, the intention is really to bring together women um, with potential mentors like Daphna, who we have on today, and other mentors across the country to help female entrepreneurs uh, increase their opportunities for business development and learn from each other. So again, my name is Jasmine Sandler. I'm going to be do, doing less talking. I'm really super excited to have uh, Daphna Zillman on the podcast today. So say hello, Daphna, to everyone. Hi, everybody. And Jasmine, I have to congratulate you oh. because it's so wonderful for you to do this for women. Um, it's so important too in this day and age. People think with the Me Too and everything that's been going on that women are more in the forefront, but that's an illusion. So anytime I see somebody like you really opening the window for women, it's exciting. And I just wanted to say thank you. Oh, well, you're welcome. I mean, the thing is, is one person can't do it alone. I say that all the time, right? So it takes all of us. Someone has an idea, but all of us need to come together. And I find since the Me Too movement and everything that's happened with women, and I'm so involved in New York going to events when this isn't going on, um, there's a lot of female leaders that want to do something. So it's, it's kind of like, how do, we, how do we help each other? So before we get into the questions, um, you know, a lot of my women don't know you and you're in, you're in Beverly Hills, I'm in New York, the two hotspots of the coronavirus, but you know what, we're still on today and we're still strong. So I wanted to give a, a quick background about Daphna for those of you that don't know her. Um, and I was thrilled actually that she reached out to me uh, to be on the podcast because I think she is a powerhouse. And um, so a little bit about Daphna. So Daphna is the president of Cinemoi. Did I say that correctly? Cinemoi. Okay, good. I don't really know French. <laughs> when kiss when you say moi. Oh, cinemoi. Oh, okay, yeah. fantastic. Everyone will be doing that today now. Um, so it's a television network devoted to film, fashion, and lifestyle. 
And you're going to talk about that today and how you got involved in that. Um, she's also a New York Times bestselling author of The Gray Zone and a dedicated philanthropist. And we're going to talk about today, really kind of focus on what you've done to help girls and women and what your own personal you know, mission is to utilize your, your business success and your personal drive to reach your own personal goals of helping women. Um, she is the founder and chairperson of Children Uniting Nations, a nonprofit. In fact, on my podcast, I always have looked for women that are behind nonprofit initiatives that help women and children. I'm assuming maybe that's how you found me, but you know, a lot of my women know that the last two events that I've hosted have been, actually three events, have been to raise money in New York for suffering women and children that have been displaced or abused. So I'm very much about the people like you that are helping children around the world. Um, and it provide you, you have a real passion for children in foster care. And so, you know, this is about providing foster care children with devoted non-paid mentors, which I love. Um, and she successfully uh, lobbied to attend the Family Preservation Act, ensuring safety of children um, returning home after foster care. And I know actually, personally, it's a big issue. I actually have two friends of mine, I'm from Boston, that have foster children. And it's a, like an interesting process that you wouldn't know that it's actually difficult. It's a difficult process to go through. So for any of you out there that are looking to take on foster children, and I know a lot of women, certainly in the ages of like 35 to 54, are, are sometimes looking for that. So maybe you want to talk about that. Um, Cinema, just a bit about that, and then we'll get into the questions, is a 24-hour um, innovative network dedicated to curated films, um, high couture, and international lifestyle. And, you know, it's all about, when I look at you, Daphna, and I, I took a look at Cinema, I see this elegance. It's kind of very attractive, um, but I know previous to the podcast, we talked about the importance of women showing themselves in the right light, right, and not making the mistakes that can inevitably happen in fashion and film and, and especially with young women, right? Getting into these and getting visible in media spaces. So with that being said, I want to jump right into the questions. Um, the first question is, you know, you also, before we got on the podcast, I had a call with Daphna and most of my friends know that I'm a musician and she also had a record label. This woman is amazing. <laughs> so, um, and also has been a mogul in real estate in New York. So you just have an amazing background. So what I'd like you to do is talk a little bit about really, how did you get here today? I think, you know, it's a really good question because people usually think that you kind of have goals in front of your face and you go for your goals. I don't think that gets you where you want to go because I don't think any of us really know precisely where we want to go. In my case, it's been following my passion and really leaving the horizons open and not shutting the door to things that come at you. Opportunities mm -hmm. reveal themselves only if you are open to them. And by being fixated on specific goals, sometimes you shut off the opportunities that push you forward in life. In my case, that was the case. And it's taught me throughout my life not to really put parameters. 
to always create a scenario that is limitless. And ver by virtue of doing that, you actually look at opportunities and you welcome risks. And I think if two things have helped me get where I am is taking risks mm -hmm. and keeping open and always, always following my passion. Mm, I love it. So what is your passion? Talk about your specific passion. My passion has always been, you know, to develop in business an opportunity for women. So even in the record business, when I had the record label and it was a punk label. Yeah, love it. The first punk and new wave record company in the world, we opened up to women that otherwise wouldn't have gotten the same opportunities. And it was important in terms of executives, in terms of promotion women, just giving an opportunity to women to learn. But of course, I started it as a teenager. So that was just basically wanting to be with my girlfriends or, find, <laughs> or finding new girlfriends that love music. And we had such, at the time, the music industry was all about singles. It didn't allow yeah. for artists to really personify their own passion. It limited them. And so my idea and the whole idea was punk of punk was to confront society and also to bring in music that was culturally challenging. Absolutely. Like we came up with the first rap reggae album. We had Black Flag. We had all these oh. huge bands Amazing. that became the name of the game, even though when we started, it was so risky. Mm -hmm. We couldn't even get radio play. But that's why I'm saying by following your passion, suddenly opportunities come and show you the way. And in my case, you know, we, I started traveling to all the colleges and because we couldn't get radio play, I hired a college students in radio college to be my sales team and paid them commission. So of course they played Smart. all of our records in hot rotation. And when they realized that this music matched their passion for something that broke the rules that that expressed their hunger for, for a challenge for something new it worked oh that's fantastic i i love that because that it's so true right i mean for entrepreneurs also for female executives that are trying to break the barriers right which is a lot of women that i actually come across it's about following that passion and i like that you talk about being open because you know, you're not always going to hit a goal and you have to be flexible enough to adapt and change. And that's the time that we're in right now. It's exactly where we are right now. So just because you're at home or for me, I'm not at home, <laughs> wherever you are, you know, doesn't mean that you're, you're stuck, you're trapped at all. This is a time to rebuild. This is a time to think, become introspective, make change, you know. So I like the fact that you talked about that kind of openness of thought. Um, can you talk about how that, that way of thinking has, um, you know, that way of thinking has helped you to overcome specific obstacles in helping women in any project that you've done? 
Well, I think the first thing that we all need to recognize, first of all, you're right about this particular time, because we women, we are the nesters, we are the, we, our instinct is to nurture, our instinct is to take care of people. And ironically, the statistics show that this, that the coronavirus impacts more men than women. It's very ironic. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was just on the news, and I, I thought that was so peculiar. But it gives us an opportunity to recognize that we are valuable. Because in our society for so long, and in business, men still have the predominance. Yeah. And so this period of recognizing, wait a minute, we are the ones who are the nurturers, who are the risk takers, who are the nesters, we're taking care of everybody. We're really valuable. And so if anything, if this period shows us anything, is let's value who we are. Because it's Mother Earth and it's us mothers and we have the mothering instinct and the universe is the mothering universe. So we need to kind of think like that. But in terms of what you asked me, I think um, the reality for women particularly is you enter into business and you automatically see, wow, um, there's not as many opportunities for women in certain industry, industries, yeah. most industries. So you say to yourself, oh my God, and not only that, but I have to compete against other women. So by nature of competing, I have to demean my competition yeah. hmm. instead of supporting my competition. So we as women are educated in such a way that we have to compete with each other. And at the same time, we have to break through the male shield. Yeah. That is like a double whammer. That's a major obstacle. In my case, that was personified by a million mm -hmm. because music industry you didn't see too many women oh no position and in the in the film industry and television industry you don't see i'm the only woman owner of a television network in the world wow oprah was the other one and discovery basically took the majority of the shares so you recognize that we have to do the work of a thousand of us to get through as one that's so true and so it, with that recognition you have to recognize also that you want to open the door in your own company to women so most of my staff most of my team are women and young women and why is it important because if they see me succeed and i'm opening the door for them then naturally they will follow in the mentality of yes, I can. Because you're training people, women to think differently and to think, yes, I can, I can achieve. I can be a part of a team that achieves. Being, accepting that you're a part of a team eliminates competition because mm -hmm. it's then about how much can we achieve when we work together. And so um, women working together also tend to be the nurturers and tend to be the nesters Very and true. tend to be the supporters. So they support each other. And therefore we as a company benefit by this incredible teamwork that's happening in our company.
by women. They support each other and therefore I think some, I heard an echo, but it's okay. So I know I, I completely agree. That's what I've been working to do with my business forever is really have a team of women that support each other. But one thing I want to talk about, which I think you hit the nail on the head with the competition, right? Is how do you, because we're both, I mean, I don't know, I'm a little role model for people. You're a role model. How do we as female leaders or aspiring female leaders, ones that actually have the stage and the platform, how, what are some of the best ways that we can shape younger women in terms of, you know, you're in the world of, you've been in certainly in the world of fashion. And I want to talk about that in terms of the way that we dress, the way that we act, the way that we deal with others, the way that we portray ourselves. Talk about that and what you do to help women become better. I think that's really important. You know, it's such an important subject that I am delighted that you asked me this question because in our culture today, women believe that in order to attract a man or to attract attention, mm -hmm. they have to be dressed, you know, in Kardashian style. <laughs> so their dresses have to be extremely revealing. They have to show their butts. They have to be in that mode of exposing themselves, believing that that would get them the attention. Yeah. And it, it and it enhances all these insecurities because people think that they need plastic surgery. People think that they oh. need something else. But you know and I know. And that's what I instill in my my women that surround me. You know, there's a lot of them. I have an event almost every month for women. Oh our women empowering meeting and usually I have hundreds of women that come but and what I what I try to influence them towards is it's your personality because you know when you know somebody with after five minutes you don't even notice what they're wearing That's true. It's who they are that emerges as so what I'd love women to do is to find that core inside themselves that they love about themselves. And I'd love them to come from there. I love it. Rest from there. Because that's your beauty. Yeah. I've seen girls that are pretty and girls that are not as pretty, but the ones that are not as pretty are sometimes have such a better personality All that right. they, they're much more engaging and they may be wearing a sweatshirt and jeans, you know, and the girl who's wearing the revealing dress that's, you know, a mini dress that's showing the, the curve of her butt may not be as enticing at all, yeah. on the contrary, because you get distracted from who she is, and she doesn't even know who she is, because she hasn't spent the time. Instead of spending the time on looking a certain way, spend the time to get to know who you are and start to love that part of you that you know works because we're all gifted. Every one of us has been given a gift. We just have to find it and build on it to be the kind of woman you're proud of because if you're proud of you, then everybody's gonna be proud of you and everybody's gonna listen to you. So let's get away from all of this, you know, clothing styles that don't remotely resemble art or fashion. Yeah. 
yeah. or yeah. any kind of style. You know, it's funny. I think it was Diana Ross who said, oh, um, "Fashion, fashion. It's a birthday today." But anyway, she said, "Fashion comes and goes, but style, your style remains forever." Oh, it, she's right. I mean, yeah. God love Diana Ross, of course, but she's right. I love that what you talked about because if you look up confidence, so I, I'm a big. Uh, I really love psychology. I've always studied it on the side. You know, if you actually go in the online, you go and Google, you look up confidence or any trusted source, confidence really does not have to do with what you're wearing or what your beauty looks like. It's what's inside. And at the end of the day, psychology and reaching your highest level of achievement and advancement as a human being is like you said, believing in yourself. And I think that's, it's really important that we reflect in this time about the importance of believing in ourselves. And the work that I do in personal branding for women completely touches on that. It's all about who are you on the inside? Because once you understand who you are on the inside, then you'll become braver actually to go after what your passion is. I find, I don't know if you do, that a lot of women hesitate and maybe take positions or do things because they think that they need to. Because they are uncomfortable not believing enough in themselves and they're uncomfortable with the challenge of success. Success is hard work and perseverance. Success no is <laughs> evolving as a human being against your Achilles heel. That's what success is. And if you follow that, if you can achieve overcoming your own Achilles heel, you can conquer the world. Absolutely. So let, let's shift this conversation a little bit. I want to get into what the topic is about today. I mean, these things are really important for empowering women, but I think I really want to get into talking about safety, right? Um, so I'm still, hopefully my mom's not listening, going outside once a day, but I have my gloves on, I have my mask on, I have my hat on, I'm sprayed down with Lysol. That's like severe protection. <laughs> but when we're talking about us protecting ourselves. I think there's a, there's a lot to this topic. It's physical protection, emotional protection against others. I want you to talk a little bit about how you think women can protect themselves and what you've seen. You know, maybe you want to talk about what you do with children. You know, the, the whole world I, word I, around I, protection, self-protection. I, I want to take it from a different angle. Okay. Because the biggest the biggest abuse that I'm seeing for women in this country today is economical abuse. Okay. Because when, when I got divorced, we were in divorce court and because our case was a big case, they mm -hmm. were stopping it several times to hear oh. small cases. Yeah. And those were women that were coming in to complain to the judge that their husband stopped paying child support or alimony mm -hmm. and they paid their rent and now because they couldn't pass the home uh, study their husband was now claiming custody of the children mm -hmm. because you have to pass the home study and so I was listening to this and I started inquiring and I got very involved with family law lawyers and judges and really understanding the system and the system basically sends women down the river because if you are a middle-class woman who's divorcing or a working woman, it's a one-way ticket to poverty because yeah. they, they, the courts 
lean towards the earning spouse. And usually it's the man that's the earning spouse because the woman has several children and she's bringing up the children and she's busy creating lives or enhancing lives. And so what happens is when the divorce occurs, they are literally on their own and family law does not protect them. And it's the pendulum has swung so far. It used to be that you used to get alimony or child support and you were able to raise your children. Mm -hmm. The expense now, rents are higher. Even to take your child to daycare is so high because you, the cost of gas is so high. Mm -hmm. You know, food is higher, everything. And when a man uses what the law allows him to use to basically starve you so he can take your children away from you, mm -hmm. that is horrendous. And more and more men try to do that to women. And that is something that makes women very unsafe in this environment. And so what I want women to know is you do not have to take it. First payment, it doesn't come through. You go to the fourth floor of the court house and you get, they have to assign you a, an attorney mm -hmm. and you file immediately. You use the law on your side because you have to remember if your husband is the earning spouse, you have to remember that judge is earning $169,000 a year. Mm -hmm. So therefore, he starts making more money when he becomes a renter judge. And mm -hmm. the person who hires him is the lawyer that is the better lawyer because he has more, more clients and he's more expensive. And he's representing your husband. You have a trainee representing you. Yeah. So obviously, the judge is leaning towards the lawyer that he can hire him later as a renter judge. So the system is warped. And I've been bringing it up to the Congress, to Nancy Pelosi, Amy Klobuchar, and telling them we must change family law. Oh, yeah. Maybe there must be more protections for women. We cannot allow mothers to, be, to stand in the poverty line and lose their children and find them in foster care. That's why I got so involved with foster care. Because I see women, and, they, and I wanted to bridge the gap for these women that couldn't afford to take care of their children and make, it, make the children available to them so they are still involved as a family. And it's so important. You know, because this, the foster care system is broken as well. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things. The other thing that women must protect themselves with, you have to educate yourself. Your best oh, absolutely. is education. And that ties into also what you were just talking about, because I know a lot of women that have gone through divorce that are, you know, left with nothing because they didn't take the time to educate themselves and empower themselves. So sorry, go ahead. I think there are parallels here. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you're right. I know so many cases and I'm sure mm. all the women that are listening to us are relating to this because they know, and they also know how a husband can economically starve you because when they are in control of the purse, 
they allow you to spend this much money on this, this much money. And some men even watch all the receipts and question you. So it's not, oh. equal. it's mm -hmm. not equal. And we need to educate ourselves that we need to figure out, even when we get married, even if we love somebody so much, we give them their li our lives, everything. We want to do everything for them. We have to also find what happens if, and by educating ourselves as to where our talent lies and what would be open for us in case of a divorce and in case for, for, for just for life. So it doesn't mean you need to get a degree, but it means that you have to spend your life learning and never stopping to learn because that will be the assets that nobody can take away from you. Yeah. No, I completely agree with what you're saying. I mean, especially in times like this when things, well, honestly, things are always unstable. <laughs> you know, there's never, life is unstable. Being a business owner is unstable. Even having a family can be unstable. So. But everything is hard. Right. No, so my point is, my point is, yes, you have to equip yourself. You have to learn. And then you have to change based on what you know. And that goes back to what you were saying about being open instead of just, you know, I'm a business advisor. So, you know, it's, it's about, okay, well, if you have a goal and it doesn't work, well, maybe you need to go this way. If you get married and it doesn't work, you want to be safeguarded and not just give everything away. And that, and that kind of ties into the point that you were talking about, about women, how women dress. We don't want to give ourselves away. And I think that that's really important when we're communicating online you know, to, you know, people that we don't know, strangers, uh, whether it's just a post or we're actually having communication offline as well. So I think that's important. So talk about maybe what you do. You talked about the meetings that you have with women and uh, conversations that you have with women. How do these topics come up and, you know, what are women saying, you know, on your side? Of the well, I'll give you an example. I gave um, a talk about women empowerment in Silicon Valley. So mm -hmm. when I first got on stage, um, I asked the crowd, and there were thousands of women there, mm -hmm. I asked them, please raise your hand if you have been promoted in the last year. Five hands went up in amongst thousands of women. Terrible. So the talks that we need to have and the talks that we have is where are the avenues? How do we support each other? How do we open business avenues so that I can help you and you can help me? How do I, as a young woman, enroll into a business or a career and find somebody to mentor you? We, Jasmine, we need to be mentors. Oh, yeah. 100%. bring up and be gatekeepers to the next generation and teach them the things they don't know. I mean, yeah, they all have some entitlement issues. They all have some yeah. exerted passion to do something different, but it's because they want to try different things. You don't want to stop that, but no. you want to guide it. You want to guide it into an area that will prove successful for them because mm -hmm. then you're opening the door and you're mentoring. I, I spend so much of my time as actually a foster mom to my team 
of we young women in in my business because they need they need guidance and they don't know where to find it there's not enough mentoring in our in our world i mean one of the things that i'm so upset about about this coronavirus is that it's killing our elders and our elders is unanimous i mean six not unanimous our elders are synonymous with wisdom absolutely not allow wisdom to be taken away from our lives because that's who those are the guiding words that they have it's taken them a lifetime of course <laughs> so we want we want to protect them we want to do everything we can to protect them and so when i see young people not responding to the request to be quarantined or you know oh, the, the bad so word bad. right now socially distancing yeah I, I think it's arrogant because they are basically saying i'm willing to injure the pipeline of wisdom in our yeah. culture that's brilliant i agree growth and so to me the coronavirus is is really in many ways is an amazing learning curve it's an important learn, learning very curve. much so and it could create very positive changes in our lives because and this is something we put out on instagram my message is let the word we get bigger and bigger and let the word I get smaller and smaller. <laughs> I love that. Because that's what I want to see as a result, the outcome of the coronavirus. And I think it will be. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting? So I was here, unfortunately, like literally at 9-11. When I say at 9-11, I saw deaths in front of me. I was literally there. And that's a very hard thing for me to get through. I still haven't got through it. And I don't think any of us have really at the end of the day, but what it did is it brought us together. And what it did is it changed New Yorkers. And also what it did is it made us realize <laughs> that it's not just this little Manhattan Island. There's like a whole world out there and we need to know how to interact with that world. And we know how to need to know how to protect ourselves from bad things that may come into our world. And I think I see this as another, it's just another lesson. And I think my, my own philosophy, I think this lesson is happening based on what's happening in the environment. And, and that's a really, 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 really critical issue. And when you say mother earth, believe me, my band, we did a show for mother earth. Like I'm all about supporting the earth. That's all we actually really do have. And everything that happens, we have to reflect to why is this happening? What can we learn for it, from it? And then what can we do to make it better? So that, so when you say that kids are at spring break, break and partying, and I understand that because they haven't probably been, either they haven't been through a crisis and or they don't have the right role models, right? To well, show them, they don't realize how important it is because no one's taught them that. Do you know what I mean? I think parenting, we are, it's the wonderful thing about this period is that parenting is becoming an up-close and personal experience. Mm. And wonderful thing because parents and children are spending much more time together. And so I think parenting, absentee parents 
is a major, major cancer in our society. Yeah. And we are seeing the impact of that. But I think the positive side of it is that we're getting closer and closer to each other. And, and young people are recognizing the value of being together as a family too. So I think that there are a lot of positives from this coronavirus, a yeah. lot of positives. But I wanna say one thing that I think is important for all of us to understand. We are 7 billion people living on one planet. We are one family and each one of us is different. But it's time for us all to learn how to live together. Yeah, I completely agree with you. It uh, crosses boundaries, cultures, everything. And, and it's time that we learn from other cultures. And I think this is showing us, like you said, family connected, connectedness. It's different everywhere. You know, um, you look at Latin America versus, you know, Northern America. We're learning from each other now. We're learning the importance of family. We're learning the importance of truly helping each other, not just for the sake of saying me too or helping each other. I'm not into those things. I'm not like a trend person. It's the bigger picture. What are we trying to achieve as a human race? And I love that you're talking about the nurturing aspect of women. And I do agree with you that we are the ones that at, this is our time to lead and really help the world. Um, so I want to shift into talking about your television network, which we haven't talked about at all. And I'm sure people on the podcast want to know about it. So talk, I really want to understand um, how that opportunity came about for you, what the network is about and where you're taking it. I, I, I think it's an important question because really uh, the reason I even launched the network was because um, when, when my husband and I went through the divorce, because we, you know, we had such a huge uh, company that was on the New York Times, but, um, on the, not New York Times, on uh, stock the stock exchange, yeah. you know, it, it was very hectic and we had to go to a lot of events all every day, every night. So, and I was raising my kids at the same time. So mm -hmm. when my and I sold the companies to, Gen uh, to General Electric was the first time I had time to watch TV. And I was horrified. I was horrified oh. by reality TV. Oh. I was horrified <laughs> by the way um, women were presenting themselves. You know, I was just, which, what, which we talked about earlier. And I thought that it was really important to put together a company, a television network that focused on uplifting the image of women and really served women and matched their needs and their interests. So I, I saw that there was no high fashion television network. Mm, I yeah. saw that the, the only vintage films that I was seeing was um, Turner Classic, but it, they were just oh, showing... Yeah this movie and this movie, there was no real line of curation. Right. You know? And, I, and I, I saw that modern films that really personified the strength or the vulnerability of women or the beauty of women were not at the forefront. So I decided that it was one, important to start a multi-genre channel that showed vintage to modern movies, uh, high fashion, 
international lifestyle and an international flavored television network. And, you know, and I saw also that it was so important to be able to focus on a channel that was completely curated mm -hmm. so that every second was curated. And it was important to me to see what to do. At the same time, I just wrote the book, The Gray Zone, and mm -hmm. I won Best New Novelist in this country, but also in France and in mm -hmm. Europe. So then they, when the book went on the New York Times bestsellers list, I went on a world tour. And when I went to France, I saw this incredible channel that really focused on the great glamorous period of France with the great actresses, mm -hmm. you know, of the time, like Catherine Deneuve, like Jean Moreau, like all of this, and great directors like Lelouch, who loved women and personified women, like in a man and a woman, as women and not just as, I don't know uh, what you call it, sort of, mannequins dressed up as women right so and i saw the frustration for act, female actors that wanted more roles meaty roles that gave them the opportunity to be a woman and an intelligent woman so i i kind of thought this was a time to launch this network cinema and i called my partner rod sherwood he was then CEO of Westwood One. And I said, I have this idea. And because he was one of the founding members of DirecTV, he totally loved my idea. Yeah. And we decided to partner up and launch Cinemoir. And it's been quite a miracle because it's one of the most favorite channels all over the country. In New York, it's one of the top most watched channels. And people love all the fashion weeks and the Met Gala and the Cannes Film Festival, which we broadcast ex exclusively, and the Jonathan Ross show, which um, is an entertainment talk show from London oh. that we have exclusively that makes the Tonight Show looks like it's in its, in its teenage. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's given me the opportunity to really serve not just women, because 45% of our audience is men, but really serve the viewers in a very conscientious way. And the key, which I, I always, in every staff meeting we have, I have a chair that is dedicated for the viewer. And to me, respecting your viewers Absolutely. is the number one requirement to being able to be in this kind of um, position. And um, also many, many people argued with me, but instead of commercials, we took years just showing PSAs that, that were about the quality of life. Oh. So PSAs that dealt with um, you know, love or respect or dignity. You know, and P our viewers love our commercials. And then when we introduced com commercials, it wasn't really commercials, it was fashion films created mm -hmm. by the best uh, brands in the world, Hermes and, and mm -hmm. Versace and, and Pierre Cardin. 
And this, each one of these fashion films tells a story, but it's so artistic and it's so fashionable and it's so enticing that you really don't feel like it's a image builder for the brand. You mm -hmm. feel entertained with class and dignity. And that's what cinema is all about. And so how can people watch it? What is it? How can they? Is it cable? Is it where yeah, is it? Where is it? Where can people watch it? On cable, we are on Verizon Files, we are on Frontier, we are on Sling, we are soon gonna be on Dish, we are on Comcast Xfinity. All you have to do is take your remote control and say Cinema, and you'll have Cinema right there. We are on every Samsung Tizen television. You can okay. download us, it's 39 million televisions across the country. Mm -hmm. uh, we are on, we are on every Samsung telephone. Um, you know, we uh, we are now launching on the iOS, so right. we are everywhere, and we are everywhere, and people really love it. They just love it, and we now have a YouTube channel as well. And if you know, we give away a lot of programs also on our website. Mm -hmm. So if someone wants to know all about us, all they have to do is go on Cinema. C-I-N-E-M-O-I dot TV. Okay, fantastic. Yes, I, I've been to the site and I love what you're doing. I feel that it's important, and you know this, but I think it's just very important for the media that we consume as female consumers to be things that I love the words that you used, a classy, you know, uplifting, elegant. These are, these are things, this is what we should be watching and consuming and also learning. Um, I love that it's curated and that you're really giving people um, content that is refreshing and artistic. And I mean, I live in New York, which has that, but it's, it's, it's not so much seen anymore. So I think that people will really love it. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, people do love it. And oh my God, we have thousands and thousands of emails from people telling us and thanking us. They call us Vanity Fair on television. But, um, you know, we, they, they, the words that we use internally amongst our team is everything we show has to be inspiring and aspiring. Mm -hmm. And uh, the discipline, we, we disciplined ourselves enormously when we wouldn't take advertising that were sort of lowbrow advertising. Yeah wouldn't and we created this as a luxury platform only for luxury brands mm -hmm. and the reason is because we wanted to avoid once again having pollution on television Good. because the viewers <laughs> are so sick of it and so we wanted to to really carry the message of respect in a genuine way so that people can see that we really mean it yeah well I'm glad that you really mean it. I originally started my career as a media buyer and planner, and I just couldn't even watch what was on TV. So it's it's wonderful. Someone asked if you're on Optimum. Are you on Optimum? Uh, Optimum? I don't know. Are we on Optimum? No. Okay. And then what about downloading it from Google Play? Someone, someone's yeah, asking. Yeah, we are on Google Play. Okay. All right. We're going to answer more questions at the end. Um, I want to talk about your... You as a business person, every woman that I select to be on this podcast is someone that I think is doing something 
authentically important to move the needle for women and that they have already developed success in either one business or in your case, multiple businesses, you know, same with me. So I want you to talk a little bit about a couple of, let's say tangible or actionable things that a, a woman, a sp aspiring woman in business can do to move her career or her business forward. Just a couple of, you know, a couple of tidbits. I, I'm of glad advice. you asked because this is, this is what I try um, to teach women actually, because it's very important. Number one, you have to see yourself. If you're going to go into a business, you have to see yourself as a business. So the first thing you have to do is build assets. You have to look the part. Yep. You have to talk the part. Mm -hmm. Again, it goes back to educating yourself in what you want to do. Be knowledgeable. Don't leave anything just with an, one idea. One idea is not going to get somebody to invest in you. They have to believe that you will be there carrying on and being open to innovation. So listen, you have to learn to listen and you have to learn to take in, even from the weirdest points in the world, information that helps you and thanking people for it. But then you have to be practical. So you have to create the presentations, you know, the PowerPoints, and you have to be able to know how to present what it is you are asking people to believe in. Because it's not about selling. Yeah. It's about partnering. Because if you approach things from the point of view of being a partner and having something to contribute that's meaningful, the path is so much better. Because mm -hmm. you are building partnerships. Now, it may not work when you meet somebody and you ask them to invest. But what you can do is develop a relationship. And at the end of the line, the people that you meet on the way up are the same people you meet on the way down. <laughs> and you have to conduct your life and see yourself as a business, which means the first priority that you have to have is respect. The second priority that you have to have is a genuine, heartfelt approach to people. Everybody's flawed. You can, you can judge people. You can throw away people. Or you can find the best in them. You have to always try not to reject people because something doesn't quite click. Mm. You have to have the patience to allow people to see that you see something in them that they can start seeing it and they can start growing. And then they become devoted to growing more. And that's an asset. You build assets by helping people be the best they can be. So it's not just about you. No. Mm -mm. You have to look at yourself entering business as just one person. And then you hopefully create connections with other people and soon enough you have enough people that believe and once that energy comes forward it's a positive energy that can't fail it may have a different timing or it may have challenges 
But mm -hmm. just keep moving forward because perseverance is the most important ingredient for success. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I couldn't agree with everything that you said more as someone that's owned a business for 14 years. I've had three businesses and um, I don't think I'd be where I am today and where I'm more importantly where I'm going if I didn't have an open mind and make it a focus to build relationships and partnerships. I mean, sales is a dirty word <laughs> sometimes, you know, um, it really is about developing opportunities, not just for yourself, but the person or the people on the other side. And certainly in the investor world, that's crucially important. I have clients that I bring to investors and I, I tell them, you've got to think the more that you understand what they're thinking, the better off you are. So I love that you said that. But I actually love the word sales. And I yeah. try because I think we're all selling all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I love, I mean, I, you know, I just hired somebody um, to be in the advertising sales. Right. You know, and I love watching her getting to know the people on the other side and understanding what their needs are and learning and exchanging information with me. I love the fact that you can actually communicate with so many people. Selling gives you the opportunity to get to know so many people. Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, I think, you know, somebody, I've been in sales forever and it's, it has it's that stigma and it's much more about what you just said, developing the relationships and getting to know people. Then it becomes fun, especially if you're, in a position where you're going out to dinner and events and all those good things, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, I always ask all of my guests how they define a warrior woman or a warrior woman. How would you define that? A warrior woman recognizes that the only constant in life are change and taxes. <laughs> So if you, if you don't stick to the constant in life, because you know the change is a part of the formula, mm -hmm. then warrior women are the women that accept change as an ingredient that they welcome and as a challenge they can overcome. I love that. I might have to change some things in the design of the warrior woman. I won't. But those attributes are critical. I, I love that. It is all about change and pivoting and moving. And so absolutely. Um, so what are some of the, I would say two of your own personal secrets to success? You've talked about a lot of things that others can do, but you specifically, besides the openness, can you point to just give us maybe an example of what you did either you're doing now um, where you've taken cinema to where it was and where it is and where it's going, maybe talk about, you know, how, how, how is it in millions of households across the country? Like, and what is your part in that? Well, you know, I actually was obviously one of the founders, so it was my creation in many ways, but the, the real ingredient, the real secret sauce is I meditate twice a day. Uh -huh. I meditate in the morning and I, put myself in a shaft of white light from the apex of the universe. Mm -hmm. And I 
in the white light and I exhale the negativity and darkness until I'm completely one with the light. And then I ask for guidance. And that has been the secret to myself. Amazing. So how does someone start on that? Just through, I mean, people need to know this around the world. So I'm glad you brought it up because, you know, there's a lot of misguidance around what meditation is. Some people don't even know what it is or how to go about it. So can you give some tips on that? I have studied the Kabbalah for 20 years. Ah, okay. And, um, you know, but that's not just it because I've also studied other spiritual paths. And because I knew that the physical world couldn't just be it. I knew that we're an energy and therefore we can tap into something much bigger than us. And that the universal consciousness is the unity of all of us. And it kind of, you know, inspired me to rea realize that a thought can begin in New York and end up in LA. How does yeah. that happen? And it happens because we are connected through this universal consciousness. So what I call the, the light is really bringing in the universal consciousness and becoming one with that. So some people call it God and I believe in God. So for me, that is a part of it. But I believe that I'm a part of something. Mm -hmm. I am not in control. I control what I can to make things better, but I gave up control because I believe there is a higher power. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that we all need to aspire to find that, that particular thing that elevates you into a place of such positive influence and exhaling and letting go of the doubts, of the mm -hmm. anger, of the any kind of negativity, and just believing that you can be better than that. If you just allow yourself the time to meditate and elevate yourself into a place, because I think to be a leader in business, you have to learn to be a leader that comes from the right place. Oh, yeah. So you have to get there. And I think, I don't think, I think the universe tends to give you what you can handle at the time of your growth. But if you allow yourself to grow more, the universe gives you more. I think this is what's happened in my life. I've been in the pinnacle several times and there must be a reason for that. And I don't think it's me. I think it comes through me because I open myself up to it. Mm, right. Yeah, I studied some Kabbalah and I, I, there's a lot of it. I mean, not it, probably as much as you, but the point of the vessel and filling up the vessel and, you know, being a container and letting go of the evil. I, I believe it's all very important. And you're right. I mean, something happens in New York. Someone thinks something in New York and it happens in LA. It's generally not by accident. And I think the more to go back to your original statement, the more that we are open to change as warrior women the more that we are open to how other people are and not so judgmental, which is what I think a lot of this coronavirus is teaching us because we have to be, we're all quarantined. So we have to be around people. We have to understand that. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And I hope that 
people do start to practice that because I think it will only make us better as people, uh, better, better as women in business as well to shave down the competition, which I think, like you said, I agree completely defeats us. <laughs> it makes it just another level that's harder for us. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, I, it's 4.11, well, at least my time, 1.11 your time. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to see, I do have Molly on checking Facebook Live uh, to see if there's any questions in the Facebook Live chat. Okay, that'll yeah. be fun. Yeah. I have my iPad Pro open here, so I'll be seeing. seeing. Okay, good. Molly, do you see a, we'll just hold on for Molly here. Do you see any questions there, Molly? What's happening on Facebook? Um, yes, she has. Oh, no questions so far. Okay, no problem. Yeah, we just want to give some time. If people have specific questions about Daphna, about her network, about warrior women, we'll give it a couple of minutes. Um, in the meantime, I guess one thing that I wanted to talk about is, while we have the air here, is about um, what's in plans for warrior women in 2020. And I think one of the reasons that Daphne and I actually came together as part of the planning for warrior women is we've been doing a lot of events here in New York and we're looking to broaden that and support women and other women's organizations in other cities. So, you know, like having Daphne on and we're just developing our relationship here, which I hope is going to be a long, beautiful relationship. I think we have a question. Yes, helping each other. Then, you know, if there's other folks out there that are running women's organizations, please get in touch with us. And I think we have a question. Um, what are some of your favorite movies in cinema? Oh my goodness. We um, actually, there's so many. There was a favorite movie of mine called, called Thickest Thieves with a um, particular actress that I absolutely love called Radha Mitchell but it's also with Morgan Friedman and Antonio Banderas. Oh. It's a fabulous movie. Um, also, we are just premiering a movie called um, War Brides because it's, a, it's such an important moment right now because the Americans that went to England fell in love during the wartime with women that then were transported to the United States and the reality of countryside in America was not what they imagined from all they've heard about in America, about America in London. So it's the adjustment of women, the war brides, into a different lifestyle altogether and the heartache and the beauty. So I particularly love that. We also have a woman a movie that I truly love that everybody should see called I Am Slave. I don't know, Jasmine, if you remember when all these- familiar. Go ahead, what? If all these, when all these teenage girls were kidnapped by this um, Islamic uh, oh, yeah. group in Nigeria, yeah. where one of them was a princess actually of that tribe and oh. she was sold in London and oh. she escaped. And it's the most amazing oh, wow. movie. And I mean, it should have won every award in the book. 
And we find these movies that really are so inspiring about the strength of these women. And this particular one, the girl, the actress in it is masterful. Like I've never seen a performance like this. So I would love you to, and you I'm, know what we just found? We just I am found, slave, you said, right? Just so they know. I, I am slave. I am slave. And you know, this is not on yet, but we just found the original, remember NFL to remember with Harry mm -hmm. Grant and Deborah Carr? Right. We found the original, which was actually with Charles Boyer, who's French, and Irene Dunn, and they copied it. And the original is actually better than NFL to remember. So we're going to have that on the channel too. Uh, there's so many more. We show incredible. We also show uh, this incredible series called Extreme Fashionistas. We have a fashion a journalist going to countries that are under duress to find designers that are designing against all odds, like in Burma, when there is an ethnic cleansing over there, or in Turkey, where women are supposed to be covered up. So it's really... This, I, I can't see one. I can't say one favorite. It's hard. Do you do any, do you, do you have any, do you do any like um, movie showings, you know, in theaters and in LA? Do you do events where you show the yeah, films? Yeah, we, we do uh, screenings. Okay. And, and they are usually packed. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> we only have uh, 100 or 200 seats. So usually they get packed the first day when we send the invitations out because people love our movies because you can't find them anywhere else. So, yeah. That would be a fun event. Um, it is with our, fun. Yeah, with our events, we always, always bring in an element of entertainment. So I, we might be able to do an event with one of your I films. I love that. We would that love so fun. You know, we should bring, like, I am slave to New York, and we should do a screening with you. I would love it. People, so that'll be on the calendar. Okay. I've been trying to get Gal Gadot <laughs> a response from her, you know, Wonder Woman, but she's so busy. She's beautiful. She's so she's busy. She's lovely. I know. Yeah. She's lovely. Yeah. Um, okay. Any other, let me see if there's any other questions. Someone loves our advice. We love that you're ah, on. That's so nice. Thank you. <laughs> we love that you're on. Um, okay, so I only have about till 4.20. We have about three minutes if there's no other questions. We're probably gonna wrap up. And you know, I we have, there's so much that we can talk about. Again, you know, all the guests that I have on, I look to develop relationships with them to bring them forefront to you. Perhaps we'll do something in New York, which would be incredible. We'll make it happen. And then you could okay. get more of a, an introduction to her network, which sounds amazing. And it's, this is more of the content that we need, the advice that we need. As you know, 236, you actually have it. I'm sure you have Verizon in New York. In oh, your yes, home. I'm on Verizon right now. <laughs> we are in ch channel 236. On Verizon Fios or Verizon, okay, 236. Verizon Fios. So watch us. You will love it. Channel 236, this is a plug for Verizon, which is the best network. Oh <laughs> I love Verizon, yay! Well, it, it works, so. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, we'll do that, and we'll, I think we will definitely have a showing. 
So after this, we'll edit this for anyone um, of Daphne's lovely female audience that may have come in late or anyone that's missed it. We'll be providing this again. And I think we'll plan for um, an event for sure. And maybe have you, we usually do that a live audience podcast and it's a little bit fun okay. and, have a, and have a showing of the film and that would be fun. That would so, yeah. Um, so I, I think, think that's Daphna. it. It's actually Daphna Zyman. Daphna Zyman, right. Yes. Daphna Edward Zyman. Yes. And my last question for you is um, besides going to the website, uh, any other ways that you want our audience to reach you? Instagram, Facebook, what do you prefer? Uh, they can definitely um, send, you know, we have an office. Instagram. They can reach me through the website. Then the office telephone number is 213-788-3300. Um, email us or so go on the website and they'll yeah. you reach me. They'll go on the website and most importantly, they'll see the network and what you're about. I want, I want to thank you so much. This has been amazing. It's, um, it's a time where we do need to connect, even if it's virtual. I think it strengthens us and we learn from each other and we grow. So know that this is not a time where you just need to sit in your house and bunker down and not talk to anybody. I think it's the opposite. I think it's about connecting with others. Well, you've been wonderful. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Oh, thank you, Daphna. You as well. I've learned a lot. I'm going to try to meditate this evening now. And I'm serious. <laughs> um, yes, I will try. So thank you everyone for being on. Um, I'm going to have Molly uh, turn off Facebook Live now. And uh, we look forward to having you all on our next episode. Stay in tune on Warrior Women in Business on Facebook. Thank you. Thank you, Daphna. I think we are on still, so maybe she's going to turn off. Uh, and we're now off Facebook Live, and okay. I will. Okay, so hold on one second, Molly. So yep. um, thank you, Daphna, very much. That was fantastic. I can't wait to come there. I wish you would. Well, you came to the CFFAs. Yes, I need to come there again, though. So let's plan for me to come out there. I, I would love that. Yeah. As soon as this is over, I want to get on a plane and come see it's you. It's going to be over so fast. It's going to go away as fast as it came. I think so, too. If you look at it that way, I had um, a call with a woman yesterday in licensing. My mu I haven't even sent you my music yet, which I will. So we're one of my songs is now out on a video game. So we're talking, and I, she's very nervous. And I said to her, look, just think of it as a 15-day plan. Think of it as something that is going to end. And I think that makes people feel more comfortable. Yeah, thinking, it's, you know. gonna, it's gonna end so fast, it's funny. <laughs> I love it. All right, okay. thank you. We're signing Bye. off. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day.